0: You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become
1: American Girl Women. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Amy Levine, an interior designer based in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. While she's not pursuing her career, you can find Amy reading on the beach, thrifting, and working on her needlepoint. Growing up in central New Jersey, Amy loved arts and crafts, sewing, reading, and of course, American Girl where she had a full 360 experience with the AG universe. From an enviable collection of dolls and attending official AG events to reading the books, catalog and magazine, and even taking the Felicity tour in Colonial Williamsburg, she had a childhood packed with AG's greatest hits. Amy may even owe her very existence to American Girl. What does that even mean? Let's hear it straight from her. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lindsay and Laura. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so
2: excited
0: to be here. We're so excited to get to hear from you, Amy. And thank you so much for reaching out to us on Instagram so we can dive into all your AG memories.
2: Yeah, I was so happy when you guys responded because American Girl is such a huge part of my childhood and a virtually non-existent part of my adult life. So any chance I can get to relive those times is um, something that I'm going to jump at the opportunity to do. So thank uh, you.
0: Ditto. That's exactly why we're here. For sure. For sure.
1: Really? I know. I think about it now, how like much of my time is spent on American Girl, whether it's like ordering the magazines from eBay, of course, recording with our amazing guests, just talking about it in random conversation. And it's like, without this podcast, like I would never think about AG otherwise. Like I was not on my radar until, I don't know, Laura, when did we start talking about American girl? Like five, four or five years ago when we discovered our mutual love. (laughs)
0: <laughs> less than that but not by much when you were like 5 years ago it's like what no but probably 3 years ago yeah, when like the pandemic first yeah like when the, like right before the pandemic at work i feel like we started talking about it and it was like Ugh. you know like you i think we sometimes like take for granted like that other people like had that shared experience. Like, you forget that like everybody or like a lot of people had American girl dolls growing up because as adults we don't really like talk about it that much.
1: Right. Truly. I was gonna say that's so true. Right? It's like <laughs> Probably everyone listening to this podcast had some experience with American Girl growing up. And it's awesome that it like really connects us together. And like, we're talking with you right now, Amy, you know, someone that we would not have known otherwise. And it's amazing that this connects so many of us. It's really incredible. Well, shall we dive into Amy's AG memories? Let's do it. But before we talk AG, Amy, what were you like growing up?
2: I was very loud which if you know me now you'd be like what but I was always (laughs) the loudest kid in the classroom like I'd always get in trouble for talking the teacher would be down the hall and come back and be like Amy you're in trouble because I could hear you down the hall but on the flip side of that like I was always reading and I was very into ballet and doing crafts and dolls so I was sort of this combination of like super boisterous and then also like very reserved and like not super like running around and like very into sitting quietly and reading or crafting. And then just like screaming the rest of the time.
1: (laughs) A girl who does it all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tell us more about like your early crafting memories because now your career kind of I feel like was like a beautiful evolution of that interest Um, but like what types of things were you working on for crafts as a kid? I mean anything and everything
2: I did. My earliest memory is just like ironing scraps of fabric before my mom would teach me to sew them together like that was kind of like the first step so I guess that's not really a craft but it was kind of like a craft prep Um, and I love to draw and I was always like making things like cutting things out of like scraps of construction paper like little food for my dolls Um, Ah, and then yeah as I got older I started doing like cross stitch and embroidery and entering like little projects into the county fair um, that we had where I grew up which I'm sure is like (laughs) if I saw this project now I'd be like oh my gosh it's like mortifying but at the time I was like so <laughs> proud I mean like I was I, between like five and seven so not like the peak of <laughs>
1: artistry I hope you won some first prize ribbons
2: <laughs> I did my little embroidery of like a little house with like a little apple tree and a sun
0: I got first place I was so ah. proud of that <laughs> oh my god that's that. so
1: great
0: love yeah. that I feel like I'm this close to getting interested in needlepoint like I as a kid like tried a couple times but it was very frustrating but now as an adult I feel like it could be super relaxing to do like while watching tv or something.
2: Mm. It is like the perfect thing because it is it, you can make it as easy or as complicated as you want and it's not messy and you can do it, yeah, like while you watch TV or while you're like riding on a train or in a plane, like it's perfect. Mm. Oh, that's so
1: cool. What kind of projects do you work on? Like, do you focus on like florals or landscapes? What's your thing?
2: Um, I like, like there's a whole batch of like new, more millennial focus, like pop culture references, like for Legally oh, Blonde cool. and shit's Creek. So I love to do like little ornaments that are kind of just little things that make me laugh or things that remind me of like my favorite shows or like places that oh, I've traveled that's so to.
0: Fun. Love that. Yeah. That is yeah. fun. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> well, segueing into the AG of it all, some of our favorite needle pointing gals actually in the AG universe. Um <laughs> Amy, what's your earliest memory with American Girl? Do you remember how old you were um, and how you got into it?
2: So I don't remember. I know that I must have gotten the catalogs in the mail before I got my first doll because I was aware of what it was and like all of the stuff that I got with it and future stuff I could get. Um, But for I got Felicity for my fifth birthday um, and it was a huge deal. Like I remember thinking like, this is it. Like I've grown up, like it was very much (laughs) sort of a, um, like a coming of age thing. Cause I, I do remember looking at the catalogs, my mom being like, Oh, that's for older girls. Like that's for when you're older. So when I finally got one, I was like, I have arrived. Yes.
1: That is amazing. (laughs) Now, Amy, you shared a really adorable story, which I alluded to in the intro about your mother. Would you be able to share this with our listeners? Sure. So
2: my parents and my mom specifically were very into history. I think they were sort of in their twenties, right? When the bicentennial happened. So 1976. Mm. Um, So there was like, especially New Jersey, like balls and events. And it was just like a huge Thing for them so they were always very into history um, and so when they were starting to decide to have children or not my mom was in her boss's office and her boss had a, a young daughter and she saw the American Girl catalog on her desk and she was like what is this um, and she <laughs> was like and her boss was like oh you know there's these dolls for these girls and she was like oh my gosh like I need to have a child so that I can get these dolls for them. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know if she hadn't seen that catalog. Who knows if I would have been born or not? She might have had a different
1: decision. Wow. What a a fateful occurrence. I know. know. It feels (laughs) like
0: it was meant to be. For sure.
1: Really. And then getting your first doll. So you got her for your birthday?
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Wow. What a gift. (laughs) So you got Felicity for your birthday. Did your Mm -hmm. friends also have dolls or were you like at age five, one of the first, you know, people in your sphere to know about AG? What was that like? I don't
2: think anyone else had one um, at that, or maybe, or they had, if they had older sisters, like I know like Mm. some of the girls um, at dance school, like if they had siblings, like I'd see them like playing with their dolls while they were waiting. Um, But none of my immediate friends at that point had it or had one. So it was sort of kind of like a groundbreaking thing. (laughs) I don't know that I brought her very, like very many places. Like at that point, I think I was still like nervous. Like I have to keep her (laughs) pristine and be like very mature about it. Yeah. Um, I
0: I remember like those early days of having the doll, like my, I don't know about you guys, but my mom would like not want me to bring it anywhere because of the, condition that the doll was supposed to stay in
2: (laughs) it's a lot of pressure it is a lot of pressure
1: (laughs) I know I feel like my Felicity didn't really leave the house too often either except for heading down to Virginia for a little stay in colonial Williamsburg herself yeah. But and I, I mean, she remember- had to,
0: she had to go to Colonial Williamsburg. How could she not?
1: Oh, it would be rude not to take her. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that, that's really cool, Amy. I'm sure that a lot of your friends had memories of being introduced to AG by you. True. But you also shared that you had quite the collection that grew over the years. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about that in the process of getting your dolls? If you remember what order you
2: got them in? Sure. So the order is a little fuzzy, but I can kind of guesstimate. I know I got Felicity first when I was five and then For subsequent, I would imagine like Christmases and birthdays for the next couple of years, I got Samantha and Molly, not sure about the order there, Mm -hmm. Um, but that was really exciting. I always loved Samantha, like seeing the catalogs. I always wanted her things like they were just so fancy and so pretty. And as a brunette, she looked like me. And then I really related to Molly because her little jumper was like almost identical to my Catholic school uniform. So I was like, I very much saw myself in her and enjoyed that aspect of like, oh, look, she has a plaid dress like me. Like she, I have her school supplies. Like we go to school. It's the same thing. Like I was very into that, like matching with her. I got... Addie and I actually got her at, I found her at a flea market with my parents Wow! and I got her. Yeah. I mean, find of like the century,
0: the 20th century. <laughs> for me. I cannot imagine like the excitement that I would feel if I found an American girls all at a flea market.
2: Oh my gosh. It was amazing. It was her Definitely her Christmas dress and then her rope bed and that beautiful album quilt, wow. and it was $20. No, oh, and oh like I God. was like so excited uh, to get it. I guess, this, yeah, this lady got it for her granddaughter who, like, was not interested. <gasps> um, which, even as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, the horror of it all. <laughs>
1: like not bring into my this thing yeah oh my god truly wow um, so
2: and I think my mom even like offered her more money she was like this is like you can't sell this for 20 dollars, like please and she was like no it's fine like it's going to a little girl who's going to enjoy it oh. so that was amazing like I've always been Into, like, even as a kid, like, thrifting for dollhouse furniture and like finding different little like goodies and antiques and vintage stuff. So she wasn't vintage, but that was like, ooh, like something that I really want,
0: like, right here at a great bargain. Like, it kind of (laughs) feels like treasure hunting almost Mm -hmm. a little bit, and like, so exciting when you find something like that.
2: Yeah, definitely like carried over. Like even now I'm always like looking for like cool stuff for myself and then for like even clients, like cool vintage pieces. Oh my God.
0: I'm sure you like find so many cool things like in the course of your job. I feel like a lot of our listeners have said some of their like biggest parts of their collection were like American Girl clothes from like flea markets and fairs because like Mm -hmm. there was a big demand for them around that time. And I feel like just like the act, it almost does like feel like thrifting does like as an adult, like you're like, ooh, like I'm like, (laughs) gonna get like a special little deal like by going? And like, you also feel like you're getting something special that like no one else has.
1: Right,
2: so true, yeah. Like craft
0: fairs were
2: something that I went to a lot as a child, I feel like, it probably wasn't that often, but it feels like a lot. And there would always, yeah, be, like, somebody maybe selling American Girl clothes, and that was, like, a big treat, like, right. to find that and be, like, something for me, like, I don't care about, like, pottery and quilts. I mean, like, I do, I would now. Like, it's a beautiful art form. Right. right? As a kid, I would <laughs> super into that and to see, like, ooh, doll clothes, like, yes, for me, like, I can buy something. I can find something that was always, like, a special little thrill.
0: Right. Yeah. It was, like, a little reward for the day <laughs> exactly <laughs> now can we go back to your acquisition of Kirsten and oh, sure how, how she arrived to you yeah so I
2: was not <laughs> really ever super into Kirsten like as a brunette child I was very like not into blonde dolls but once I had Addie, I at that point had all of the historical girls that they had made up to that point. So I was like, okay, well, I need Kirsten. Yeah. Um, so I got her for my birthday. I'm not sure how old I was, but my parents, like they wrapped the box and they presented it to me and I open it up and I pick her up and her eyes, like there was something wrong with her <laughs> eyes, <laughs> which was so scary. Like, you know, when you like they're lying down their eyes are closed and they kind of like pop open when you pick them up
0: and it was like horror movie I wonder like how that
1: happens at the factory right no the the dreaded silver eye (laughs) (laughs) I feel like anytime I see silver eye it's like always Kirsten does it happen to other dolls too or is it like a known thing that it happens with her
2: I don't know maybe it's more noticeable because she has like blue eyes maybe it was like a, a like a blue like eye manufacturing defect right um hopefully <laughs> I was gonna, they've dealt with yeah
0: i was gonna say like i feel like i saw it happen to a molly and that would make sense if it was like the blue eye issue that all the dolls with blue eyes and none of the dolls with brown eyes <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> are susceptible to silver eyes <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of silver eye right now with Kirsten and it is terrifying it's like very demonic looking
2: yeah yeah no it was traumatizing <laughs> to open that box because it was such like a moment and you know that box like when you got it like that shape so I knew what I was getting oh, God. And, uh, like to open it to that was like kind of a like a letdown but also like scary like it was Friday. scary
1: oh my god I wish that was on video like that would be, <laughs> that would go viral that would be such a good TikTok video <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my gosh I'm sure somewhere out there like I feel like everything's on video now someone will capture that at some
0: point so Amy after you had all your dolls in your collection of which you know you had a comprehensive selection of historical dolls mm-hmm. And you, you know, discovered one of my favorite outfits, Addie's Christmas outfit at a flea market. Did any of like these outfits or dolls uh, or collections in general, like stand out to you as like you loved one, like especially more than some of the others? Like, are you gravitated towards one more than the others?
2: Um, I wouldn't say one. Like I definitely in my early elementary was all about Molly. But definitely Samantha's things. Like, they're just so beautiful. And so, like, I don't know. It was just fun to play with. And then when Josefina came on the scene, I was all about her. Like, her stuff was just so beautiful. And it was so different from everything else. Like, it was, I really felt like a good sort of break from the traditional colonial America, like, East Coast. Like, to go out West was Mm, good as point. a child, like felt very, it was very new. It was something that I wasn't familiar with. And so I think that sort of lent itself to some really fun play for me.
0: Yeah. I feel like Josefina's collection and her stories are so unique. Not that the other dolls don't bring like unique aspects to their stories, but mm-hmm. I feel like Josefina's story and collection were things that you weren't really going to come across unless you were into American Girl like you weren't really learning about her era too much at that age in school Mm -hmm. so it was like really felt like a whole new world I think I also like I said like I liked Molly because I went to Catholic school
2: but I think there were also like Catholic elements of her story that felt from I was like oh like she does that um sort of the Christmas pageant like I've done Christmas pageants so it was I really enjoyed like like I said, like, it was so different, but there was, like, some overlap there that Mm. was, I think, sort of helped make her feel familiar to me personally. I don't know, like, that was kind of niche. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, um, like, as a like first interest in American Girl are very interested in Molly because like her story at the time that we were sort of getting into American Girl was only like 50 years old. So Mm -hmm. even though she was a historical doll, I feel like there were a lot of elements of her story that were especially relatable because not a ton of time between like the the 1940s and the 1990s had passed as, a, as opposed to, like, the 1770s and the 1990s. Right. Um, so I think, like, having, like, almost a very relatable, normal childhood um, and, like, a lot of her outfits and accessories reflect that definitely makes Molly something that I think a lot of our peers gravitated towards um, as, like, an early exposure to American Girl.
2: So true. And I think she was very, like, grandparent-friendly. Like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people's grandparents were her age. And so it was very much, like, something that children and then their grandparents could use to sort of relate to each other. um, Right. And learn from each other, which my grandparents were a little older. I remember telling my grandma, like, look, Molly is your age. And she was, like, actually, like, I'm quite a bit older than her (laughs) Which she wasn't, but when Kit came out, that was
0: my grandparents. So that was also, like, really a special time for me. Oh, love that. Yeah, so they were more, like, in the Great Depression era, Mm -hmm. Kit age. Yeah, that makes sense. Kit, I think, was another, like, really smart move on the part of Pleasant Company, because exactly like we were just talking about, like, um, recent enough of a time period where I think, like you were saying about molly and like grandparents being able to relate like kit was still sort of in that window where grandparents felt like their story was being represented to their grandchildren
1: right (laughs) definitely and now amy how are you playing with all of your dolls together were they interacting in a place where time did not exist were you focusing in on one time period what what was that like for you
2: Oh my gosh. No, we did not commingle the like eras. <laughs> Maybe it was like Josefina and Kirsten. Are they fair? A couple of the dolls. I was like, okay, like they're
0: close enough yeah. in an era
2: that we can like kind of.
0: Yeah. Spend I,
2: time,
0: yeah. But... I think Josefina is like 1824 and Kirsten's like 1854. Yeah. Or okay. something like that. So like, they're like, you know, within like a reasonable grace period instead of like hundreds of years yeah but like right. my
2: Felicity and Molly like they did not like celebrate birthdays together at the same time <laughs> like, they were separate
1: I love did you that ever, <laughs> I'm gonna assume the answer is no to this but did you ever dress them in each other's clothing from different periods
2: I don't think so I don't have any memory of doing that that doesn't sound <laughs> like something that I would do I did, like, if I was at a craft fair and I got, like, a more modern dress, I would use Molly as my modern clothes doll Mm, because I felt like it was, like, she was, like, she already had, like, jeans and a little bit more contemporary things, so I felt like that was okay. I Like, I don't know. My rules were very stringent and probably made sense to only make.
0: (laughs) Well, I I was gonna say, like, I I kind of love these rules and, like, how... They are like stringent, but they make sense. Like it makes sense <laughs> that Molly would be the most modern one because she had the most modern vibe out of all of the historical ones at the time. So I think it makes total sense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I, someone else thinks so.
1: I agree. I, I second that. Where on the journey did you get Lindsay?
2: She would have been one of the very last dolls I got. And I think I got her for Christmas right when she came out. Um, and she didn't get get much like playtime because uh, it was kind of like wasn't playing with dolls as much. And then when I was, I was going back to like my familiar favorites, like yeah, going back to Samantha or Josefina or even Felicity sometimes. And like Lindsay was just she was super cool. Like I loved her Razor Scooter because I love like razor scootering around my neighborhood. So I was like, (laughs) we both do that. But she didn't get much circulation.
0: Makes sense. My I had a lot of dolls too. And my dolls that I got around age 10 and 11 ish window were really like not in like my heavy rotation, um, which is you know, unfortunate, but also would have been great if I had kept them because they were in like pristine condition. Um, Like my Kaya doll, for example, was in really good condition because I got her when I was like 10. So it was not like doing a ton of, I played with her probably for like a year pretty heavily and then kind of moved on. But um, yeah, I mean, it's so hard when you have like a wide wide array to choose from to prioritize. (laughs)
2: I know I sound so spoiled but like really it was like those were like my primary gifts like when it was gifting season like I would get a doll like there wasn't a lot of like other stuff or like it wasn't just like random (laughs) I don't want people to get the wrong the wrong idea
0: (laughs) no I totally feel you Amy because like I always think I sound spoiled too because I had five dolls a bitty baby and the bitty twins, but I think it was just, <laughs> really, it was just also like an easy thing for like relatives to get. Cause it was mm-hmm. really accessible, like, and really specific. Like you could be like, what does Laura want for Christmas? Oh, she wants this American girl doll outfit. Here's like the catalog or this doll. If it was like a bigger gift and it was super easy for people to to get it. And I think like a lot of my family members, like, I don't know about you, Amy, but a lot of my family members like kind of loved the world of AG. So they were like excited to get stuff from it because it was like n- sort of like new territory for them too, as opposed to just like getting like a toy or something. Yeah. Like it definitely,
2: I think it like checks so many boxes. Like their marketing department was so smart to be like, it is a toy it is like you can learn from it there are so many different price points like Mm -hmm. there's something for anyone to pick from like they just did such a good job like all the 90s and probably even today's parents are like it's like a how-to manual for Christmas shopping for kids
1: (laughs) Right, (laughs) truly I know they really make things like easy for kid gifting too. Like, I think mm-hmm. now, like my friends who have kids, I'm always like, what did? What does your child want? And I just can't wait for them to get into that AG stage where I can be like, ooh, I, now I could shop a little bit.
2: <laughs> there's so much thrill. <laughs> yeah, they sent a catalog to my house not that long ago. Like maybe last Christmas. I have no idea why. Like ooh. I don't have any kids. <laughs> like there's no kids in my family. Like, I don't know how I ended up on this list but I was like looking through it and I was like, this is so exciting to see all this here.
0: Oh my God. Yes. Now speaking of the catalog, what was your experience like looking through the catalog?
2: Oh my gosh. It was so fun. Like, first of all, just to get a piece of mail that was for me was so exciting. Like, especially when you're six and seven, like you just don't get a lot of mail. So that was just like when the catalog was there, like, my mom would hand it to me or my dad if he got the mail, and I would just like run and like get a pen and just like circle everything and look through it and like dream of all the scenarios and kind of plan out and then like pester my parents, be like, "Look at this! Like, can I get this? Can I get this?" Like,
1: <laughs> love that. I'm sure,
2: they were like, "They have." They were like, "Oh gosh, the American Girl catalog's here!
1: Great, <laughs> right? truly What were some of the items that you really wanted?
2: I really wanted like anything from the girl of today section, like all those fun, like logo emblazoned, like that little purple varsity jacket for the doll. I wanted that so bad. And I didn't really get a lot from that section because I think my parents were like, oh, well, like if you want modern clothes, like we can just get you like a Barbie outfit for like $5 (laughs) or whatever. Like you don't need these mod like American Girl was more like reserved for the educational aspect Mm. of it but I really truly wanted everything like you could have gotten me anything from there and it would have just been like the greatest thing (laughs) oh my god that little that purple varsity jacket I don't know why that like sticks in my memory of like what I just wanted so badly (laughs) oh
1: yeah it's adorable and putting my little green pins on it
2: (sighs) yeah so cute
1: so cool so cool
0: I feel like that jacket is just like an iconic piece of American Girl
1: lore honestly. Really? Oh my God. I was following like the girl size version in like, I don't know what size, like the largest that they had on Poshmark. And like, they kept lowering the price and I'm like, I really can't fit in this, but like, maybe if I had it like over my shoulders in the fall, like imagine seeing someone with the, with the purple varsity jacket, Ugh. I would stop them on the street and immediately <laughs> make them come on this podcast. <laughs>
0: One of my friends, I believe a while back, like messaged me about like seeing one at a thrift store. But by the time I like answered their text, I feel like they were already gone.
2: Uh,
1: Um, No, um, no,
0: I know. You know, talk about a unicorn. That would be (laughs) a great (laughs) find. Seriously.
1: I was talking with my mom last week and I think she said this on the podcast too, when we had her on that in our attic, she saved Clothes for me and my brothers that we like particularly loved when we were growing up. And next time I'm home, we're going to go into the attic and see if that was something that was saved. I had that, like the black logo tee was just everything. Like I loved it then. I love it now. I'm hoping that was one of the things that she had like considered to save. Like I can't imagine that she would toss that. It was so iconic and <laughs> such a big part of my childhood representing the whole AG universe that I'm really hoping it's still in our attic. I would be just so happy to see that again. Oh my not God. That, not that I would fit into a shirt that I wore when I was seven, but still. <laughs> can yeah. cut the logo out. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah.
2: There's so many cool things you could do.
1: Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. You
0: could sew it onto like a tote bag if you wanted to.
1: Oh my god!
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, love
1: that. Yeah, I feel like the whole catalog was just incredible. There was nothing I really didn't want. Actually, not true. There were a few mm-hmm. items, but very, very few that I wouldn't have been overjoyed with.
0: The only yeah. things I feel like I didn't want from the catalog were like the doll stand from like the middle <laughs> pages.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I was gonna say the hangers were like <laughs> they. Were, like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like the, those are some things we could all live without. but <laughs> right? <laughs> Speaking of things that, you know we did want, but in hindsight, I don't really under I don't understand them in the same way that I did when I was younger. Um, Amy, you have to tell us about how you discovered and obtained the little rooms that you can put together.
2: Yeah, so my other obsession besides American Girl was dollhouse. Like I was, so into my dollhouse and like making it perfect and arranging the rooms perfectly. So when they came out with the rooms, I was like, this is everything. Like this is dollhouse. This is American girl, like must have this. And I especially love that they, the one I had was the loft, like the New York city loft department. Um, So, and my other dollhouse was more of like a vintage farmhouse. So this felt very current and very, like just fun like the leopard like there was leopard print there was teal like oh my gosh it was everything and so I begged for it and I didn't think I would get it because it was kind of expensive I think comparatively so I was like oh maybe I won't get it and then Christmas evening like they waited until like the end of the day to be like oh there's one more thing
1: <laughs> yeah and it was the, the last room. Present. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I like died like I was so excited I was like shrieking and like running around like so excited <laughs> to finally like have this room to set up and it that's was just so much fun
1: that's that, so, it's cool. so cool it's so <laughs> cool I love that so you had the New York City loft
2: I did and it was I was also like really into New York like living in New Jersey, like, we went to the city almost once a week, I would say, to, like, get dinner, go shopping, so I was very much into that, like, that was something that I really related to, I guess you could say, so I was so excited, it had, like, the little, these beautiful windows and the exposed brick, and, like, even as a kid, I was very dialed into, like, interiors, um, so all of those, like, details were just, like, it was just so exciting to me.
0: They really zeroed in in that like room design on everything you hope for a New York apartment to have like exposed brick like (laughs) I feel like they had some like cool like windows and like some like really like fun like modular furniture that like I always pictured like based on like TV and stuff, like what living in New York would be like. And basically that American girl room is exactly what I would want an apartment to be.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And like, even as a kid, I think I recognized that I was like, this is the dream. Like there's the tin ceiling, there's the big screen TV, there's like all these cool modern lamps and
1: it was like the lighting was like kind of like moody and fun like it's so cool I, I, I'm looking at a picture of it now we'll put it on our Instagram when this launches for sure. wait Lindsay is- does it have track lighting not that I see okay for some
0: reason I feel like I always like associated like track lighting with like a like New York apartment, like with like the lights (laughs) that you could like bend in different directions. And I don't know why I like thought maybe the room had that, but put it on the list of things I thought were cool in like the late 90s. I feel like
2: if the loft had a kitchen, like they definitely would have put those like track lights over like the little peninsula island. Right. Like that would have completed the like New York apartment (laughs) starter kit.
1: Yes. Oh my God. A (laughs) hundred percent. So with these rooms, this was a little bit past the point of my experience with AG what were you doing with the rooms exactly like were you putting dolls in it or were you just using it for like the interior design of it all
2: um so I think the point was just the design of it all like there was no dolls I will say and this is kind of embarrassing but so I had like a dollhouse family and they had like a little story And then I had, like, one doll, and she didn't really, like, match the other one. So she was, like, the fun single aunt that lived in the (laughs) New York apartment. Yes. (laughs) Because it was too small for, like, a family to live in. I was, like, this is perfect for, like, a single career gal to live in. (laughs) So she lived there, and sometimes the kids would come and, like, hang out and visit and, like, play with the little, like, there were, like, little postcards and, like, little magazines and stuff. Oh, my God so mortifying but I had such like detailed backstories
1: for these people
0: wow I love that
1: way too much
0: (laughs) I love the fun single aunt motif (laughs) because I did have a fun single aunt that lived in New York so and I felt like her apartment was like really cool by like my my standards when I was younger and to this day um but like (laughs) I, it just like fits in so well with like the vibe
1: that they were going for with that room. Truly. <laughs> really? Oh my God. That's so cool. It was, and I mean, I love that you, you know, had the progression from dollhouse to the AG rooms and now you're an interior designer yourself. Like that is so cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, Like when I was sort of figuring out what I wanted to be, like I had different like little ideas, but that was always like in my heart that I wanted to do interior design specifically, like just through all my play as like a kid, really, I think like led to that point. And even like the American Girl Dolls, like reading Kit's book where I if I'm not misremembering this she like moves into the attic and designs like each little like dormer is like a separate she's like a writing zone and a reading zone and I was always yes. like really dialed in to those kinds of details yeah. uh, um, which I think like as a kid I don't think I really like thought about it that way but now as an adult looking back on my life I'm like oh my gosh like so many things that I was picking up on and noticing and incorporating in- into play was leading up to this. So, right.
1: Oh, I love that. Were you really (laughs) into like your own like bedroom and like rearranging furniture or like setting up your space in a certain way? So I was to an extent, but my, like I said, my parents were very into history.
2: So I had some antique furniture and it was sort of predetermined for me. I didn't get a ton of, of personal, like my personal style incorporated, which I think was also like, that sounds super sad, but I think it was good because it led me to, as I got older, be like, no, like I want it this way, or this should be look like this. And it sort of, I always tell clients, like sometimes knowing what you don't want is just as helpful as knowing what you do. Yeah. So I think that kind of helped me to be kind of put in a specific box of style to sort of really develop my own flair.
0: Totally. Oh,
1: that's interesting. I love
0: that. Yeah. I love that. I think interior design is just so cool. Like <laughs> it's Truly. just like the st- possibilities are endless. I love, I'm like not particularly talented with interior design, but I love like flipping through an arch digest to see like what's happening and like kourtney Kardashian's home with Travis Barker or something like that. <laughs> um, because like even if it's like not something like you personally would like, I kind of like love seeing like a cohesive vibe. Um, and I have so much like respect for like people who are able to, you know, find those like pieces that all go together because it's like so there's the possibilities are endless.
2: Yeah, that is that is true. It's a fun challenge. Like it really is fun, but it is. Yeah, sometimes you're just like scrolling through like endless like pages of lamps and you're like, oh my gosh,
0: this needs to stop. And it all started with, with an AG
1: room. <laughs> uh, Amy, let's get into the books. What was your experience like with the historic books with AG?
2: So I love the books and I would often end up having the books like before I had the doll. Like I know I had Kirsten's books before I had her Um and I was very into the stories and sort of the learning and the peek into the past part yes. of them, like I loved that. And kind of, I would go back through, like I'd read peek into the past and then I'd kind of like go back through the story and like kind of try to like match like, okay, that was like part of this or that's why they did that, which is that's so nerdy, but it was, <laughs> that was part of it for me. There was an incident in first grade where I wanted to check out American Girl books from my school library and I was told no they were for ages eight and up and I was or third grade and up which I guess is eight and up and they were like no sorry like you can't and I was like enraged not enraged that's too strong but I was like oh (laughs) enraged what (laughs) like that was not acceptable to me and I want to be clear like it wasn't like a content issue like I think it was just they you know it was a small library it was a small school and that was just their way of making sure like there was enough books for everyone which first grade <laughs> me did not care about like I wanted those books right um especially so I, with having
1: Felicity since you were five you know like you knew yeah. all about them
2: yeah and I remember asking I'd be like well I have them at home and she was like oh, well you know that doesn't matter like you're not at home um <laughs> But I was not going to back down. Like I said, like in school, I was loud. I was outspoken. I was always up to challenge things. So she told me that if I, the librarian told me that if I could read the first chapter of one of the books aloud to her without making any mistakes, she would let me check these books out. And I did. (laughs)
0: Oh my God. I love that you like were redeemed in the end. Like you proved them them wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So in
2: in my mind, it was like this huge battle that I was in, which like looking back, it probably wasn't. And I'm sure it was just like an annoyance to like, I have great deal of respect for librarians and school librarians. I'm sorry to any school librarians who are like, Oh my gosh, I hope this girl like never comes to my school like I'm so sorry but it was very important to me to have access to all of the books the American Girl books that I didn't have at home so
1: yeah absolutely good for you Amy that's like (laughs) a page right out of an AG book too (laughs) standing up for what's right honestly (laughs) so Felicity so so everyone (laughs) do you remember like what Stories you were, like, particularly drawn to? Like, was there a specific girl that you, like, really loved?
2: Um, I loved Felicity's books because I had a lot of experience with Colonial Williamsburg. We went there so often as a child. So it was, like, familiar places, familiar events, familiar things. So I enjoyed that. And yeah, I wasn't into horses, but, like, the horse rescue storyline was very engaging for me like it was kind of scary and I think I liked that like it was like a little like rush right like, a little like <laughs> I wasn't into like super scary stuff so that was like kind of like suspenseful to me as a kid
1: yeah totally <laughs> I know it's not as much drama as like a friend dying on a boat ride but it's still a That's little dangerous.
2: yeah well Felicity like looking back and I don't have a super clear recollection but a lot like was a lot of her drama kind of like manufactured, like it was sort of like <laughs> real housewivesy, like very much like lo- like personal stakes for her, but like right. I'm trying to think if if at large like there was any like real <laughs> things that she was dealing with. And I'm I'm not really I guess she like spied for the revolution. I don't know. Like-
1: yeah, it's like her mother was sick, but that was a problem for her because her dress wasn't <laughs> ready for the ball uh, <laughs> um she had the whole tea issue um oh, yeah and the horse and jiggy and I, of course what else did felicity deal with
0: i feel like all her th- Things that she struggled with were like morality, her moral compass, as opposed to everybody else's. So like the horse thing, the tea thing, the whole like revolution stuff was all about like her her, her political alignment, <laughs> like, figuring that out. <laughs> um,
2: true. she was very into centering herself in the larger narrative
0: which yeah <laughs> she was like she was an activist
1: truly <laughs> can we talk about you visiting colonial williamsburg often as a kid under what context sure let's hear this um
2: so like i said like my parents just loved it there like it was just like their favorite place and we went like I did little kids classes that they had like little kids classes at the College of William and Mary. So like I'd go there during the day and they'd like hang out. So we went a lot like we knew the people that worked there like on a first name basis. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we did we also did Revolutionary War reenacting, which Ooh. is like a whole other thing. Whoa. So we had like the outfits. <gasps> what we would was wear. your...
1: Wait, what was your, like, main role? Like, who were you? Like, a child in the...
2: Yeah, they didn't really, like, assign... Like, my dad was on a cannon crew, so, like, they would, like, lug the cannon around and, like, fire it. And then, like, much like in the 18th century, there wasn't a whole lot for, like, women and children to do, aside from, like, walking around and shopping at the little, like... They have, like, tents with, like, little things set up called the settlers where, like, you can buy stuff. Stuff from, like, the time period... Yeah so like reproductions like shoes or dresses or like little like for the people that would come to watch like little like kids like guns and hats and things of that nature.
1: Whoa Laura (laughs) we might have to do this. Oh my gosh
0: I mean I've heard I've definitely heard of people doing this but more from like a Um, like war reenactment content. Yeah,
2: that's what it was. Yeah. 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 So we didn't do that in Colonial Williamsburg, but that was like we had the clothes, so we would wear them to Colonial Williamsburg, which like I shudder to even like (laughs) think about that. Like, oh my god, so so mortifying.
1: What was your fit?
2: I had like this pale blue linen dress with like elbow length sleeves, because you have to cover your elbows in that time period and it was like a like a cornflower blue um and then i had like a little um like the little mop cap um ah. and a straw hat do you and have pictures of this i do not thankfully no. <laughs> Oh man i'm so cute <laughs> it does <laughs> sound so cute <laughs> oh my gosh no it was like such and like now it's kind of not I won't say cool but like it's kind of like fun memories but I told no one like no one at my school knew that like I did this on the weekends like traveling with my family it was such like a secret to me because I was
0: like this is mortifying I know I think that is so cool I think it's cool too but I get but I get where you're coming from
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy like the things I used to be embarrassed about Like I was embarrassed about everything. Same. Yeah. Oh my god, that was like my my primary emotion for me. (laughs) Like. Same. uh, Yeah. Eleven to fourteen, just (laughs) utter embarrassment at every moment. Um, that's really cool, though. Um,
2: Yeah. No, it was not. (laughs) (laughs) For for saying that, but yeah. So we would go to. and we had the outfits and it was just like our family's vacation
1: place did you like meet other kids or did your parents have friends that they would do this with
2: no no it was just like a family like a family vacation thing when we did like yeah. the formal reenacting like yeah there was like a I'm trying to think what they called it like a unit almost like like they organized it like like it's the military, like there's different groups that reenact like specific military units. So yeah, like, thankfully they weren't just like two crazies (laughs) dressing in colonial clothes. Like there was groups that did this, but not at Williamsburg.
1: Oh my God. I like it. And now pre-recording this, you had shared that you had done, um, some American girl events. What was that
2: like for you? So, like, when in Williamsburg one year, and I had to look this up because I was, like, maybe this is, like, something that I made up. But there was an article (laughs) in Washington Post, I think. So, it's a real thing. They had the official Felicity tour that was sponsored by Pleasant Company at Colonial Williamsburg. And it was, like, a vacation package. So, we got to stay at, like, one of the more fancy, like, on-property hotels. Ooh. and it included like the tickets yeah and that was like a really big deal because like I said we went there a lot but we usually stayed in like a more like casual motel so this is like very fancy like a nice upgrade yeah.
1: oh that's so cool <laughs> and what did that entail exactly
2: so the tour was I know that I think they took us to like a couple different houses I don't really remember that part but then there was there's like this lawn they call it the Palace Green which is in front of the Palace at Colonial Williamsburg. It's the most like fancy building and there's this big lawn in front of it and they had like games. So there's like the hoop and stick and uh, the, the hoop ball and, and cup. <laughs> ball and <it> cup. <laughs> <laughs> Great names. Um so we like played that and I just remember being really excited cuz I didn't wear colonial clothes. I wore like a cute little like normal outfit. This. So I was like, <laughs> so excited to just be like, having fun in my normal clothes. And I had Felicity in her like little basket, like I had a little basket for oh, her.
1: Um, that's so which sweet. was so fun.
2: It was. And then after that, we went to Christiana Campbell's Tavern, which is like, they have different restaurants. And that's the seafood one. So I always thought of it as being like the most formal of the taverns. <laughs> I don't know if that <laughs> tracks or not. But then we did lessons with Miss Manderley, and you got to have um, hot chocolate or tea, um, depending on your, your affiliation.
1: Political. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Political leanings.
0: <laughs> this is so legit. Like, they really put a lot of thought and detail in this. Yeah, Seriously. it was so
2: smart of them to tie that in. I don't know why. Well, I guess Felicity's been retired, but the, like I don't know that they really did a lot anywhere else, but it was a great... Like, I'm sure Colonial Williamsburg's tourism, like, soared when they were offering these
0: tours. Totally, totally, 100%. I'm sure the gift shop had some, I'm sure American Girl Pleasant Company had, like, a deal with the Colonial Williamsburg (laughs) gift shops. There was an exclusive
2: for (laughs) in the stores. Um. (laughs) like you know Felicity's little tea set it's like blue china it's like a little cup and a saucer they had a girl yeah. size version of that that you could oh, only oh my get God.
0: at Colonial Williamsburg wow love, love the exclusive content that's amazing uh,
1: that is truly incredible <laughs> so smart
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> like they really were like squeezing every like penny <laughs> that they could Oh yeah, in like the best. Way. Like I don't mean right. that
1: negatively. Like I am <laughs> awe of like just
2: the yeah. savvy, right? Know, like so take, smart. Take
1: my money, absolutely. <laughs> um, now you also attended an event in your hometown, the Pastime Party. What was that like? So that was I
2: don't know exactly like what the deal with it was. Like I have limited memories of like leading up to it, but it was in a gym. So it was more casual and they had like the theme was I'm pretty sure it was called the pastimes party because the theme was like what the different girls would have done in their free time. Uh And one of the things was like Kit, I guess, listened to radio shows. So they gave you like a slide whistle and they had like a little thing about um, like radio show sound effects. And we all got a slide whistle, which like I'm sure the parents were... (laughs) Thrill
0: <laughs> is, is a slide whistle like one of those whistles that goes like Ear. yep. Okay. <laughs> <Exactly>.
2: <laughs> yeah, it has like a little like thing that you like pull in and out. Um and then one of the other things was like you built a house of cards and they gave you these really cool, it wasn't like playing cards, they were like American Girl fact
0: cards. Ooh. Oh, like the trading, trading cards, kind of.
2: Yeah, like that, but they were not the trading cards, they were different like they had like little stories and different like little things on them I had those for so long and I have no idea where they were where they went to
0: Mm, those but that was like
2: (laughs) yeah oh my gosh I'm sure they were like a wealth of little like tidbits and facts and different little things but you built like a house of cards and they were a little thicker so it was easier to build a card house with (laughs) which I guess was good because there was like you know little kids you don't want a bunch of like sad children (laughs) children right (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember what girl that would have been though and I know like each girl had her own thing but those are the only two I can remember oh that Um, was so cool there was like a raffle for the different outfits which was that stood out to me because for me, the, the, it was such an experience. Like, you get the catalog, you make your wish list, you wait for the next holiday, and then you get it. Like, there was never any, like, previewing or seeing the stuff in person. So, to see yeah. all these outfits, like, out on a table, oh. like, they had, like, a little, like, dress, not a dress form, but, like, a little thing that they were, like, on to see everything in person was just, like, oh, what an
1: experience. Really? Right. Oh, my God. I would have <laughs> passed away if I won. I would have been... <laughs> so excited
2: yeah it was cool that was very <laughs>
1: that's incredible we love a raffle <laughs> raffles are just so like ingrained in like my childhood like I don't I know. come across raffles today ever
0: nearly, like, not nearly as often no, <laughs> dated, dated they-
1: with the raffles <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah we did them a lot at school which like was kind of hard because like the to see like your peer win something that like you wanted to win was like right like so publicly disappointed like it's kind of cruel I don't know what they were like
1: what they were thinking seriously like someone's gonna win this it's probably not gonna be me (laughs) but someone will have this treasure this reminded me did you ever have to like sell things at school like wrapping paper or like Mm -hmm. chocolate or something
2: Oh, of course. Yeah. The
1: infamous wrapping paper. Oh my God. I had to sell like magazines and you get prizes for yes. this. Oh my I God. i talked yeah. about this on the podcast before. I can't remember. I don't know, but I remember
0: doing this and being like, Oh, I'm going to get to like the top prize level. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> they <It laughs> so unobtainable.
1: And it's like the top prize is probably, oh my God, the top prize at my school was always limo lunch. So you would drive around in a limo with probably like fast food and a couple friends. That was like the big prize. Oh my
2: God. That's amazing.
1: Right? I honestly like limo lunch didn't even appeal to me as much as like the inflatable furniture options. I could have Oh, worn. my God. All
0: <laughs> uh, I wanted when I was a kid, like speaking of interior design, was <laughs> inflatable furniture. I wanted inflatable furniture so badly because I always wanted like I think I must have like fam- been fantasizing about like a studio apartment or something as a kid, <laughs> because I always wanted to have like a seating area or like an area in my room that was like separate from sleeping that felt like grown up and like, right. You know, just, like, some separation. And I remember thinking, like, if I could just get some inflatable furniture, it would be so easy (laughs) to, like, make a living room.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, the little lounge area of a bedroom always appealed to me, too. I'm, like, I'm probably not going to use it, but, like, having it in my home would be the height of luxury.
0: I feel like it's because, like, Pottery Barn teen or PB, like, kid catalogs back when we were younger – always had like these kids rooms that were like next level unattainable <laughs> and mm-hmm. and like they always had so much space so like you'd have like your trundle bed but then like your little beanbag nook with like your with bookshelf <laughs> like it was just not attainable for a normal size room no no or they would have
2: like a second room like it would almost be like two rooms and like one was like a like, had, like, the little sectional thing that was, like, modular, and then there was, like, a bedroom, like, right next to it, and it yeah. was just, yes, it was very aspirational, yes, but completely really. unobtainable.
1: Oh, my God. For in me. My and, right, yeah. Same. <laughs> Seriously.
0: Not with, ah. not attainable with my family blowing money on American Girl dolls <laughs> the way they were. <laughs>
1: <That's> so true. <laughs> Oh, my God. Amy, where are your dolls today? Do you still have them somewhere? I do not,
2: sadly. They just kind of, you know, as you get older and
1: like my parents get divorced
2: and things just got like lost in the shuffle. So I don't have any of them anymore, which is kind of sad. But in the same way, I feel like if I ever have children or if I ever like have like nieces or not nieces, I'm an only child, like cousins or something like it would be nice to start fresh like I've I've grown to see it as like I don't have to like burn not burden but pass on like my expectations like I can start Mm. fresh like a fresh
1: collection yeah so so true no no silver eye potential
2: (laughs) no oh my gosh thankfully the doll
1: (laughs) took care of that (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness
2: it was a rough couple of weeks
1: (laughs) (laughs) were you really careful with all of your dolls like were there was the hair in like pristine condition or what were you like with them
2: I was pretty careful um I definitely would never cut their hair like that was too far um <laughs> Lindsay and i
0: both cut our yeah, hair. Like,
2: uh, I know. <laughs> like trust me it was like a fight like that like the urge is there like to just like right. and i don't know why like what is it about doll right. hair that's just it's just so appealing oh, but no. i never i had other dolls i did cut other dolls hair with the american girls were they were saved from that fate <laughs> um but i did take their hair out like Kirsten which is one of the reasons why I never really wanted her because I knew Mm. that like that hairstyle like that was locked in like there was no flexibility there like you were never going to go back to that yeah Um, but and I got her and I was like oh I'm never going to take her braids out and that probably lasted like a couple months before (laughs) they were out and never to return to those cute little loops ever again
0: (laughs) So hard to get it back to its original state
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that was the one thing like if I have one critique it was just like like those ha- like they should have made the hair or the hairstyles like just easier to bounce back from like yeah why like don't pick a hairstyle that like is gonna limit
0: you right
2: it's kind of a bummer to- yeah yeah
0: No, that makes so much sense. It was a source of a lot of um, frustration for me as a kid, for sure.
2: Yeah. And I know like my mom and even my grandma would be like, what, like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to fix this? And like, they would like get their little, like the little brush and you just you can't get it back to those pristine like silky braids oh my god
0: (laughs) I remember my mom like brushing like trying so hard to like brush the ends and then the middle and then the top to like try to get it back and it just like no wasn't happening
1: oh my god I know what would AG have been if the hair was different (laughs) and more I think
0: I think now it is different I think that um and I was kind of noticing this when we went to the store but I think I read somewhere that along the lines of like developing the dolls in the Mattel era they like switched hair types to be like they have like less like grip in it it's like more slippery so like it wouldn't be like as easy to do like what I did which is like take out Josefina's braid and then like have like a matted mess like the hair is like resistant to tangling now, I think.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, I read about this recently because I think I was looking up like I think I was reading about like how there's different subtle differences in like all the dolls throughout different years. And then like they were talking about the Mattel years and how they switched the hair to be a little bit more manageable.
1: That is so interesting. Well, good for them, honestly.
0: The one thing I can probably get behind about the Mattel changes.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) It doesn't make up for the atrocious redesign of some of the outfits, but it's it's a little positive, I guess. Yeah, we can take the good with the bad. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. All right, Amy, we love to hear this answer from all of our guests. What lasting impression did American Girl leave on you?
2: I think for me, the thing that American Girl really impressed upon me was just that like history is always happening. And like when you're living Mm. through it, like I'm sure like Felicity or Kit or Molly, like they weren't always acutely aware of like everything that was happening around them. Just like the day to day, like you just kind of are living in a moment and you get through it. And that really has kind of made me think like, not every day, but like when you're just living, like what are you doing to contribute to how, you know, the story will be told at a later time and how sort of things that can seem kind of everyday or things that you're just trying to get through can later be, you know, historically, not you personally, but like as a society can later be significant and what you do in the moment really does matter.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. History is always happening.
0: I love that too. I feel like we've talked about it before with past guests about how American Girl kind of acknowledges like that being normal is, or like just being regular average is totally fine because Mm -hmm. like, you know, like what you're saying is like history is always happening. You don't necessarily have to be like, an extraordinary person or in extraordinary circumstances. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
1: Um, mm, Losing the train of my thought. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Got this. All right, Amy, we have two games for you today. And we're going to start it off with a very thought invoking one. So here goes. If you could go to dinner with two American girl girls, either dolls or characters within the book series, anyone from the American girl universe, who would those two people be?
2: Oh my gosh. Okay. Um...
1: And think about it from like (laughs) them having conversations with between each other, you asking them questions. Look at it as a little dinner party with the three of you.
2: Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Felicity and Molly. Ooh. Um, and I'm going to say that because their eras were so different like just in terms of like Molly being you know in the 40s like there's cars there's radio and Felicity being you know in the 18th century she didn't have any of that but they both have like a war in common and I think it would be just be interesting to hear sort of them relate their experiences and I feel like they might like have some little like scuffles that would be interesting to kind of <laughs> listen to hear
0: their sort of like hot takes I, I love that you went like to two extremes of the American girl spectrum I think that's a great use of the dinner time because you know like you said they're gonna have a lot they have some things in common but like there's just so many core differences about like society between the yeah. two of them definitely
2: yeah and I think like felicity is You know, she well. I don't know if she is, but she's kind of being trained to be more prim and proper, and Molly's a little bit more like scrappy. Right. So that I think would be fun to see. Totally. (laughs)
1: uh that's a really good combination of girls. I like it. I like it too. Uh, If only it could happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One day, one day in the metaverse. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. All right, well, my game is a little bit more of a subjective game, Amy, but basically you provided a list of your favorite celebrities, and I'm going to choose one, and you're going to say which doll you think that person would have and why, so you put some great ones on this list, but I'm going to go with, because we've never had her brought up before, (laughs) Reese Witherspoon which doll do you think she would have and why I think she'd be a kit
2: and I know that that sounds like obvious because they're both like blondes but I feel like kit like she's very into like reporting and the media and writing and I feel like Reese does a lot like with her book club and her like business acquisitions that she's got um I think she owns like the home company or the home edit. Like she's the parent company for the home edit and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like Kit would develop like a business acumen from watching her family try to make it through the depression. Um, so I feel like with the, the reading and then the business part, I don't know. I feel like there's some overlap
0: there. I love that answer. <laughs> I feel like uh, Reese would also like produce a movie about like Kit's story with her production company <laughs> Yes. because <laughs> um, I know that she like has that as well I think that's a great matchup and I think like Kit's kind of like spunky and I consider Reese to be kind of spunky too but like I think that there is a lot that Reese and Kit would have in common and I think that Reese could play an older Kit in a movie if they made a movie about kids
1: life grown up
2: <laughs> so 100% oh
1: she totally can oh my god if there already wasn't a kit movie I feel like she could have been in it like I'm like always like surprised with the American Girl movie is how they always have like famous actresses in it
0: <laughs> I wish that they would do like a re-ma- like or like a I guess it would be like a reimagining of the American girls like 20 years after we get their last story to see like yes. where, where they're at and like what they're doing like that would be so cool and they would be like around the same age as me which would be very interesting for me right
1: I think. we want to see a 30 something girl
0: right like I want to see Molly in like the late 60s yes
1: oh my god we want to see Samantha in the great depression how does she fare oh so true
0: I don't think she'd do well I don't know (laughs) I don't know do we know where her wealth comes from I mean if it's if it's generational, she might be okay. But if Grand Mary was investing in the stock market, it's gonna
1: be a no.
2: (laughs) Like I think financially she'd be okay, but I think like the cutting back and then like seeing like I think the cutting back would be hard for her on a personal level, but then like seeing other people suffering would be hard for her on like a moral level. Like I feel like she'd spend a lot of time like in her head. Totally (laughs) (laughs) struggling with the whole situation.
1: Totally. But I would watch that in a movie. Totally. Oh, man. I wish. This would actually be so good. How could we make this happen? Who could we talk to?
0: We have to write it, Lindsay. Ah, uh, And then pitch it.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Oh, well, this was so much fun. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. And let everyone know where they could find you.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, my only like real social media is my Needlepoint account on Instagram, which is Amy's NDLPT Adventures. Um, so if you want some like crafting content, that's the Ooh. place
1: for you.
0: <laughs> and we do. We do want
1: content. <laughs> <laughs> so excited well, to check it out.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again, Amy, for sharing your stories with us. It's been such a joy to go over them with you.